Hey everyone, do you love movies? Do you like betting? If you do, then Box Office Bets is the podcast for you. With Tom Cunningham and myself, Brian Ortega, we'll guide you through Oscar season with our breakdown of each Oscar contender and give you our projections based on what the betting market is saying about each Oscar race. Make sure to check us out every week as we focus on a specific movie and break down its best chances to win right here on Box Office Bets. Hey everybody, welcome back to Concierge Confidential. Uh, I'm very excited about today's episode because we're going to have a first timer out here. Um, first timer on the show, but he has actually done over 30 years of experience in the media field. Yeah. So when you hear his voice, it's going to sound, you know, like the voice of God, which is why I'm so excited to have him on. And I'm actually really honored to have him on because uh. I always considered myself the expert of Las Vegas, but not until I started working at this new job and met Ryan. And everyone said, you have to meet this guy. And he actually blows me out of the water when it comes no. to knowledge about no. Las Vegas. So Not I'm so happy to introduce Ryan Hunter to the pod. Oh, it's so good to be here, buddy. How are you tonight? Uh, I'm fantastic. I, I'm Thank glad you. to hear it, man. I'm Thank glad to hear it. Thank you very much for jumping in. So I'm going to give him kind of your like CV of what you kind of yeah. done. In the, besides the media world, because the media world, I've heard what you've done. And it's uh, amazing. You've worked in San Diego, Los Angeles. You've worked in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. You basically... Been all over the yeah. world. Well, all, well, the, all, all over the states. Yeah, the Southwest. Yeah, Southwest has kind of been my home for a while. Yeah, but um, one of the reasons I wanted to have you on is that you actually uh, owned your own tour company, Ryan Hunter Tours. I did. Um, and you guys specialized in sort of ghost tours. But, yeah, we did. But I've but I've heard you talk a lot about Vegas history, so I think it goes hand in hand. It does. It does. They're, it's the same thing. They're they're. They're married. Um, you can't have ghost stories without crazy historical stories, and sometimes they're a bit macabre. May not be the happiest stories about Las Vegas, but they're they're fun stories to tell nonetheless. Yeah. And then you also worked as a valet supervisor and VIP valet. Yes. Um, over at the Forum Shops, which is connected to Caesar's Palace. For those that don't know, and have babysat a certain number of uh, oh yeah high end cars, yes. high end clients. Yeah. Um, in your time there, but. Uh, we're going to jump into that. I like to call this episode Vegas Then and Now, okay? because then you're able to kind of give us sort of the lowdown of what Vegas used to be like. I got here in 2011. I had been okay. coming to Vegas, you know, in the 2000s as a kid, mm -hmm. uh, but you got here in uh, 89, you said? 89, yeah. I was eight years old the first time we came here. I was here for a few years, went back to California, and then I ran away from home when I was 17 in the late 90s, and I've pretty much been here ever since. Yeah, and then you came back in uh, 99, you said, which I think is when Vegas started to even uh, get more even adult and sort of grow into what it's kind of like today. Yeah, that's when it kind of blossomed into what it is now. All the little mom and pop motels that people remember from back in the 60s and 70s, they were being mowed down. And we were seeing all kinds of new crazy stuff happen. I was here for the... You know, the birth of Treasure Island and yeah. the Venetian and the second incarnation of the MGM Grand. And I saw Vegas World turn into Stratosphere and all of those things. And, and a lot of the stuff we lost was near and dear to my heart. But some of the stuff that was born is is also now. Yeah. And, and we're going to get into maybe a little bit later sort of the nostalgia that we have for some of the hotels that have become the identity of Las Vegas now. Mm -hmm. Sort of how like the Desert Inn used to be the Desert Inn and the Sands and everyone had... Uh, you know, emotional connections to that. Yeah. But 
now we're kind of getting to that age where are some of our hotels sort of aging out yeah. in a way. So hopefully we get into that for sure. Yeah, so, let's do it. Yeah, so I want to kind of get into what are things that people think they can get out of Vegas that they used to like 20 years ago? Because I feel like that's an mm. issue. That's an issue. We have a totally, totally different generation of how we run uh, hotels now. So what is one, a couple of things. We'll start with one. To begin um, with. All right. Right off the top, it's going to be bargains. Um, if you think you're going to come to Vegas and enjoy free drinks from putting 10 bucks in a slot machine, unfortunately, you're probably mistaken. If you think you're going to get a big plate of prime rib and a drink for $1.99, it's just not going to happen. The 99 cent shrimp cocktail, it's gone. Yeah. Um, Vegas is not a city for bargains anymore. It's it's very expensive here, and and that's just the reality of it. Yeah, uh, and I think a lot of it has to do with um, obviously it's more expensive to run some of these hotels. Of course, um, and I think it's so much more uh, it's corporate nowadays because mm-hmm. so many of the hotels are owned by, like we said, corporations, but have you know are on the stock market. They have a board of directors. They have yeah. to report to. Um, the shareholders, mm-hmm. and a lot of it comes down to the bottom line, which I think a long time, uh, a lot of time, uh, for a long time in Vegas, it was about the customer experience. It was about hospitality, and part of that was, you know, like Benny Binion back in the day was, I want to make a little player feel big because if you make him feel big, they'll bet big, and that's kind of kind of gone away now, unfortunately. Yeah, unfortunately, though that was for me, that was my golden era in Vegas. Um, depending on who you talk to and what era is their golden era, it's going to change. Okay. Um, some people think Vegas in the 60s was the right. best that it ever was. And and to them, that's true. Some people are going to say the 80s. I would strongly disagree with the right. 80s <laughs> version. A little too dangerous. Sh- I don't want to... Showgirls and ending up in a hole in the desert and Tony yeah. Spilatro and all that. They... That can stay where it is. For sure. Um, but for me, the golden era is probably going to be somewhere between like 96 and I'm going to say probably 2010, up until the economy got weird. Yeah, you know what? That's a that's a great time period that you picked because I think that's when it really started coming into media again, sort mm-hmm. of like growing up. Because um, when you think of like Vegas in the 90s, you, whenever I think of it, I think of Vegas vacation. Yeah. It's, the, <laughs> it's the family. It's the number one family destination in America. And I think that Vegas that you're talking about is actually what made Vegas sexy now. Yeah. Um, and sort of the place to go. Um, yeah. And really when it was still was attainable, but not how it is now, where it's just sort of like the upper echelon of like the, the price ranges of people visiting yeah, Vegas. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. There, there was an era, there was a time in there where you still could have that Benny Binion feel, where you could be a small player and feel big. Yeah. But you were also in a, well, de Bellagio was the first casino in town that was a billion dollars, I believe, to construct. So you're in a billion dollar building with this giant fountain, and yet you put 10 bucks in a slot machine, and here's the cocktail lady giving you a drink. Exactly. So it's kind of morphed into this more expensive Hollywood kind of thing, which is fine, but it's different, and I I just miss it the old way. Oh, yeah, and I think it's phased a couple people out of town, Mm -hmm. obviously. Yeah. Um, I worked for Caesars for a little bit, and everybody kind of has like their... Every hotel uh, chain, like MGM Resorts, Caesars, they have their their clientele that they're shooting towards. And so when I worked at Caesars, they really wanted to head towards the middle class. That was their whole thing. They wanted everybody to be able to play. That's why they have um, – that's why hotels like Harrah's, Flamingo, those hotels that have been around for a while um, cater to that sort of demographic. And then Bellagio is – Sort of like for the the higher end clientele, the high mm-hmm. you know high caliber clientele, if you will, in terms of gambling. So I think I think they're trying their best, but I think they've kind of given up on it. I think they really just want they're they're going after the 
the, the whales, really. Yeah, they they really are. That's that's what this city runs on now. I don't necessarily love that part of it. I want it to be a place where anybody can come and be whatever they want for a weekend because that's the beauty of Vegas. No matter who you are, you can be what you want to be. I love that. Yeah, you know? because you can be, let's just say, um, you could be an, a mechanic back home. Yeah. But when you come to Vegas, nobody knows who you are. We all believe your story if we work here in, in the business. You could say, oh, yeah, I run... I own a chain of auto auto restoration shops. Yeah. Cool. We buy it. And if you want to dress up, dress up. If you don't want to, that's fine. Yeah. But yeah, you could be whoever you want here. So going back to talking about sort of getting put into a hole in the desert. Um, <laughs> when people say the mob was, it was better when the mob ran these places. What do you feel when people say that? Do you think that's really how it was, that it's better? Or do you think it's better that we got rid of the mob? I think that they've watched Casino too many times. Yes. Um, that was a scary era for Las Vegas. And I, I was only here for a tiny bit of it and I was little, mm-hmm. but I, I just don't think that it's appropriate for somebody to walk into a casino and think, well, God, the guy running this place could actually break my legs. Exactly. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't want the crime element of it. Right. Um, I think they like, I think they romanticize that era a lot. They, they do. And you can watch casino over and over again. And a lot of that horrible, awful, violent stuff that happened in that film happened in reality. Um, yeah. So, no, I, I don't think that it was better. I don't think it was even safer. Um, it was definitely different. You didn't mess around here. But I think when people say it was better, I think they're looking at, at other aspects of it. I'll, I'll share a, a very small and quick story for you. I remember being a little kid, so it would have been late 80s. My mom and dad took me to the Dunes. Beautiful historic place. Long gone. Bellagio's on top of it now. There was a, there was a restaurant inside of it called the Dome of the Sea. And we had reservations there. And it was a miracle that even as a little kid, I was allowed to go in there and have Mm -hmm. dinner with my parents. And when we got to the reservation person, there was all this bad noise. And I didn't understand what was coming on. And some guy came out of the back with an array of tiny sport coats. They wouldn't let me in because I wasn't dressed properly. So in in that aspect, I think people look back and they think, wow, everybody was dressed up. And there was this glamour and it was beautiful. And there was all these comps and... But it was still run by criminals. Yeah. Um, romanticize them if you want. These were bad guys. These were yeah. murderers. And um, they did a lot of awful stuff. Right. However, if you want to dive into it, they did a lot of good stuff for this city, That's too. True. They yeah. did some yeah. really big things. Yeah, I think... Um, so, I don't know if, you, if everybody's ever heard of this term, but you know they had sawdust joints and carpet joints. They turned mm-hmm. a lot of our sawdust joints into carpet joints, which is what we have now in Vegas. They made it glamorous to come to Vegas. So... I think, at least in terms of the the style of the hotels, um, but I think I think it's one of those things where it's just over time, they've helped build the identity of what the yeah. finer things of Las Vegas are. Yeah, but there's yeah. a bad element to it as core. Of there, there is, um, but there's also certain mobsters that were involved that that really changed the game. Like, if you go back and you look, what was the first Teamster loan issued in Las Vegas? What casino did it build? Well, it didn't build a casino at all. It built a hospital. Yeah. Oh, the, the uh, Sunrise Hospital? Sunrise Hospital. Yeah. Um, second Teamster loan, Sunrise Children's Hospital. Third Teamster loan was the Boulevard Mall. Yeah. So some of these guys had a heart, and they realized, wait, this is a growing city. I have a, a staff of 500 or 1,000 people. They need places to live, so let's build some affordable housing. Yeah. Um, they they laid foundations and and in a way those guys got to reinvent themselves just the same way you do as a yeah. tourist. So here's a guy that can come from back east somewhere who's a criminal and a bookie, 
And out here, he's a legitimate businessman. And I, I think the character Sam Rothstein literally said that in the movie. That, like, yeah. I think he said something like, it's like Lourdes. Yeah, he's like, this is a, yeah. it's like Vegas is a morality car wash. For guys like me, plus Vegas washes away your sins. It's like a morality car wash. Who could resist? Anywhere else in the country, I was a bookie, a gambler, always looking over my shoulder, hassled by cops day and night. But here, I'm Mr. Rothstein. Would, would Frank Lefty Rosenthal ever have had the chance to do what he did at the Stardust? Yeah. Anywhere else? Absolutely not. Yeah, because I think uh, in, even in the movie, like you said, he's like, anywhere else, you know, I'm a bookie. Yeah. But here, I'm Mr. Rothstein. So yeah. I think that was fantastic in the film that they captured that aspect of Vegas being kind of a, it's a transient city. I think we all kind of know that. But I think it's, it's been around for long enough that we have a lot of people who are born and raised here now. Yeah, but those are few and far between. I've been yeah. here for a very, very long time, and I've maybe met a couple of dozen people, or at least got to know a couple dozen people who were born and raised here. Everywhere, everyone's from somewhere else. I'm from somewhere else. You're from somewhere else. Yeah, it's true. Um, the place that we happen to work together, um, I think two people there are born and raised, but yeah. but they're younger people. These are folks that were born like post two thousand. Good, good lord. I know we're getting old. Yeah, I've had on because I'm bald, ladies and gentlemen. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, transient town it is. Um, mm -hmm. But again, whether you're coming here for a weekend, whether you're a crooked businessman from the Midwest, or mm -hmm. you're going to move here and try to start over, this is a place you can constantly reinvent yourself. Yeah. So so going back to this, so if we can go back to your favorite era. So, sure, yeah, take me there. Yeah, so actually, even not, not your favorite era, let's just go, what hotel would you have loved to see live and in person that you really never did? Ooh, um... I didn't really get to experience the sands very much. Yeah. Um, the history of the Rat Pack. It just, that alone, like Frank, Sammy, Dean, Joey, these guys performed live there every night. The other one that I would love to have seen and experienced would have been Moulin Rouge. Interesting. Yeah, that's, and that's an interesting choice. For those of you that don't know, Moulin Rouge um, was the first integrated hotel in Las Vegas, or one of the major integrated hotels yeah, in first Las one. Vegas. And um, that's where Sam Davis Jr. used to have to stay for a long time until... Um, this is a story yeah. that Frank said, I won't play at the Sands if Sammy can't stay at the, yeah. at the, at, at the Sands. So. Yeah, people don't realize how instrumental Frank Sinatra was in getting Las Vegas desegregated. Yeah. Like, and it's, uh, it's his doing. Oh, yeah. And I think Vegas has sort of a, a, a dirty history of being sort of like the south of the west sometimes, being mm -hmm. that it was not a very inclusive city for a long time. That's correct. And then I think that had a big, you know, one of the parts of doing that as well. Yeah, yeah, I would say the Sands and Moulin Rouge. I would yeah. love to have a night at the Sands, watching the boys get on stage, and then maybe go have a drink with Sammy at Moulin Rouge later. That would be my my Vegas dream. Yeah, and I think the funny thing that people don't understand is that when we think of you know old people, that mm. oh they can't hang nowadays, but it's because they were partying a lot back in those days. Yeah. So they would have. I listen to I have Don Rickles' book, and he would do like four shows a night, and the last show was at like three or four o'clock in the morning. Yeah. And it's like, I couldn't think about staying up till four o'clock in the morning doing anything. At least oh, yeah. Now. Yeah. They knew how to party, man. Never look at that old lady and think she's adorable and innocent. Trust right. me. <laughs> she's seen, she's seen some stuff. She's, yeah. she had, she had a good time back in the day. Yeah. So what I, I think is cool. So I answering that question, I would love to see the sand as well. I think everybody who knows the history of Las Vegas thinks that's what was the happening place to be yeah. at that time. I would have, I, I never saw the stardust. I thought that would have mm. been interesting to see. Just because I know that was a huge hotel in the 80s, especially in the time when they're really building hotels. Yeah. Um, and I think that would have been cool to see was the Stardust. Yeah. And then um, also I would have loved to see, this is a very specific thing, 
Don Rickles at the Sahara at the Caspar, which yeah. you can still go to Sahara, but it's it's not quite the same. It, it's not. Sahara doesn't have the magic that it did, but whoever's in charge of it right now, I'm very thrilled that they decided to drop the SLS yeah. and bring back Sahara. Um, I still don't know. I think it was Style Luxury Service. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, I don't exactly, know if it, yeah. if it had any of those See, things. See, this is why I love having you on. Nobody would have known that except you. Well, I, I always said it meant so long, Sahara. And, oh, yeah. And, oh, my goodness. Uh, uh, did, we, did we work at the same tour company? No, no, I think we didn't. I said the same thing. I, I heard somebody say the same thing. It, but, it, yeah. Maybe I stole it from you. I don't know. No, um, no. You, you definitely had it first. But, yeah, but props to Sahara for still being there. Um, mm-hmm. they, they do a pretty decent job. I know they're putting some more money in it right now. Um, I hope it survives for generations. So giving sort of dropping a... Um, sort of a review in the middle of this conversation because sure. I haven't eaten there, but I've been told it's very, very good. You know what restaurant I'm talking Bizarre about. Bizarre Meat? Yep, you got yeah. it. Bizarre Meat is amazing. That's one of the best steakhouses I've ever been to. Yeah, it's Jose, Andre, uh, Jose Andres restaurant. He has a couple in town, but that's essentially, they say, is his best restaurant in town, of course. Um, a lot of different cuts of meat. And uh, do you want to drop a little review or explain kind of um, what you had? Yeah, my God, it's it's been a while, and I got to be honest, I had had a few whiskeys that night. Um, only way to do Vegas. But uh, yeah, one of the, one of the best steakhouses in town. Uh, I believe I had a filet mignon, and nice. it was amazing. Um, it might be my second favorite steakhouse behind Circus Circus. Hot Ooh, take. Hot, hot, That's see, a hot take. It's it's it, it, it's the thing is though. The, the hotel's a hot take, but every time you see a list about best steakhouse in Vegas... It's always there. It's always in the top five, which it's, means they have to be doing something right. Go have a steak there before they tear that awful thing down. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, um, yeah, Circus... It was funny. So I was talking to my mom, because she's coming into town soon, and I said, hey, I was driving by the Circus Circus, and I said, Mom, I just really want to go to Circus Circus, and she laughed, because she yeah. knew I was kidding. Yeah. Because it's just one of those places that's just... I think it's really gone gone, gone I, down. I think it, it's just... It it's, it's, it's aged itself out. Like a lot of hotels. Have. A lot of hotels here have. Um, yep. I don't think Circus Circus is going anywhere. I think it should. <laughs> um, Phil Ruffin bought it not that long ago, what, yeah. a couple years ago. I think he bought it from uh, MGM. Used to I think or did MGM used to? Does MGM? I think they own they owned it or operated it. But mm-hmm. as far as I know, Phil Ruffin owns it free and clear. I believe yeah. that's his property along with Treasure Island now. Yeah, and half of the uh, the one that has the former president's name on it. That's true. Yep. Yes. Um, so. Let's uh, let's move to this fun bit that we were gonna we were gonna do. So we were, yeah. we'll, we'll go through a couple hotels. Okay. So this this is actually with news. It's if you don't know by now that the Mirage is gonna be turned into the Hard Rock Hotel, which is mm. kind of funny because there used to be a Hard Rock, that Hard Rock left, and now we have a new Hard Rock coming into town. Yeah. So it's it's kind of a funny situation, but they're planning on building a big guitar. There's one in uh, Miami that there's actually a guitar uh, that makes up the hotel rooms. They're gonna do the same thing with the Mirage's uh, new towers. And their plan is to take out the volcano, which had a lot of people in an uproar. I, I hate it. I hate yeah. it. I hate everything about what you just said. Yeah, it's it's tough. I see. The thing was is that I I I've seen it many times, and I think it's one of those things you don't appreciate till it's gone. Yeah. So, sort of like the uh, sort of like the the pirate show. Oh, I missed yeah, the pirate the, show. The very I, original pirate show. How about the dragon show at Excalibur? Did you ever get a chance to uh, to see that? I don't think I ever saw it at Excalibur. Oh, you, yeah, I never saw the Excalibur dragon show. You can show. still see the the tracks if you mm-hmm. stand there on the corner and you look in the water. You'll see like railroad tracks under the water, and this giant dragon used to come out, and Merlin would pop out of his thing, and there's fire. And my God, when I was eleven, that was amazing. No, it's 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 so cool what they. Use. I think that's the thing. Like the mid '90s had so many ideas that we want to entertain. Yeah, and I think we've kind of gotten away from that. So I think that I mean Steve Wynn, which gets a lot of flack for not being a nice person, but yeah. I think he did a lot for cr- making Vegas 
just like how the mob did, sort of bringing them into the new sort of uh, the new generation. Mm-hmm. Um, he brought the 2000s showman part of it. Oh yeah, yeah. I yeah. was um, one of my one of my favorite Vegas memories was opening night of Treasure Island. Oh yeah, and the showmanship that went into that was absolutely insane. There was like this wire system that he had built over the strip. So from the pirate show or the siren show or whatever it was called at the time, a cannon was fired. And the cannonball went flying down Las Vegas Boulevard and it hit the dunes. Because Steve Wynn was already on to the next project. Yeah. He's building, well, what I thought at the time was going to be uh, Beau Rivage. Yep, you got it. Um, and they ended up doing Bellagio. Beau Rivage is done. It's in Biloxi, I think. Um, you got it. So we're all on the strip. There's like 100,000 people. The flaming ball comes flying down the strip it hits the dunes the dunes implodes and then we're just surrounded by all this ash and smoke and asbestos or whatever the heck was in there <laughs> and it just the showmanship that went into it and yeah. and today that would just be a simple ribbon cutting yeah you yeah, know no, where exactly. was where was the fanfare when resorts world opened right it was just like oh we opened the hotel yeah just like oh it opens on tuesday come see us right it was a spectacle mm-hmm. And I, re- I remember, I've watched the video of that many times. I did not know that that was the opening of the Treasure Island. Yeah, same so I, night. So I thought it was just like, oh, we're going to do this whole bit. Yeah. I've never looked at, I never knew that that was actually the grand opening of Treasure yeah, Island. Yeah, I was time. I was staying at Treasure Island opening night. Um, and at the time, I was waiting for the implosion. Mm-hmm. So we were standing in the open parking lot at Bally's, which is now that big shopping center area. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um it just insane. Yeah, really fantastic. And it, it brought in so many people. And... and Speaking of the implosions, oh were, were that part was, of the whole thing. Oh, that was the nineties back then. Oh like, my goodness, it was it was always a show, yeah. and and I went to see so many of them. I was mm-hmm. there in person for Hacienda going down, yeah. and Stardust going down, and Landmark, mm-hmm. and the Sands, and so many. That was that was part of the show. It oh, would, yeah. You would see as many people um, on the strip for those as you would on New Year's Eve. Oh yeah, for sure. And I um I think it's kind of an interesting sort of when it all happens. So you had all the, a lot of the big hotels, the mob owned hotels opened, you know, in the fifties, the sixties, and they kind of had their time. And then, then the eighties sort of started getting all sort of weeding out a lot of the, the mob and that kind yeah. of thing. So it was kind of, that's why when you said the eighties is sort of a weird time, not maybe the best time in Las Vegas. Yeah. I, I would agree because not a lot of hotels were being built at the time. It was sort of like all the buildings are old, kind of a dirty yeah. time. In the 90s, started bringing back these, um, or started bringing in these uh, mega resorts. Mm-hmm. And because of that, they had to clear room for them. So you had so many implosions in the 90s to yeah. make room for these hotels. Just constant. They just yeah. never ended. They never ended. Yeah, you had the Frontier, the, the Stardust, like you said, the Sands going down, the Desert Inn. I mean, all of that happened in the span of the 90s. Yeah. And I think I remember this fact that in between 1990 and 1999, we had built 11 hotels on the Las Vegas Strip, sometimes yeah. multiple in a year. I think 93 um, had three hotels open in the same year, MGM Grand, uh, Luxor, and I think New York, New York. Yeah, I believe mistaken. so. Yeah. Excalibur was probably a year or two before that, Yes, like 91, 92. Yes. Yep. Uh, at the time, the biggest hotel in the world. Yeah. Um, several different properties in Vegas have held that title. Yeah, I think that corner, um, Tropicana, Las Vegas Boulevard, MGM Grand, New York, New York, Tropicana, and um, uh, Excalibur, has over 10,000 hotel rooms just on the corner. My God. That's that's insane. Well, I, I think there's one other factor about uh, 80s Vegas that people are kind of forgetting. They did try. They built a brand new mega resort on the Strip. 
I think they started construction late 70s, might have opened late 70s, but the original MGM Grand. Yeah. Oh, okay. Here, yeah, here we go. And all right, I'm going to take it there. That, Let's that, do it. That didn't exactly go well. No. Um, so, to, so inform yeah. everybody what, 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 what happened. Okay. So um, I, may, I may not be exact on my dates, but I'm pretty sure it was November 21st of 1980. Yeah. A small grease fire starts in a lower-level delicatessen, I believe, mm-hmm. inside the MGM Grand, and the right. smoke billows up through the casino. It started getting in the rooms. Um, a lot of people lost their lives in that hotel yeah. in one single morning. I think the, the total toll was something like 90 or 91 people. Yeah, that's right. Um, huge, huge tragedy for Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. So that was kicking off the 80s for Vegas. That yeah. was... You know, do you really want to go there after that happened? Well, no one wanted to go to the MGM Grand, so they rebranded it. It, right. it became something else. It became Bally's. Yeah. And there there may be people listening to this thinking, wow, I'm going to Vegas next weekend, and I can't wait to go into my room at Bally's. Well, something <laughs> might have happened in that room. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, just for those of you wondering, if you don't see Bally's in a, in a little bit, it's gonna it's rebranding as the Horseshoe is yeah. how it's going to be called. And then I heard rumors Tropicana might become Bally's. Yeah, then I heard that as well. Yeah, exactly. but it also might become a baseball stadium. Yeah, I, I think so. Let, let's let's talk about it. What's the next hotel to be imploded in Las Vegas? Ooh, um, another hot take. Are we taking? Should we take a bet on this? I mean, we've we've taken bets that in yeah. the past on other things. Um, uh, I'm gonna say the next one to go is probably going to be the Luxor. Ooh, that's that is that is a really so that's been in the news lately. Not lately, but it's sort of been had rumbles. Yeah, that the Luxor would go down. For for some of you that know, there's uh, rumors, or I think someone actually did do a, a finding that one side of the uh, one side of the pyramid is actually like sinking somewhat, yeah, and then I, they reinforced it. I've but, heard that, and then I heard they built the side two towers to help balance it out. I don't know yeah. if any of that is legitimate or not. Right. But Luxor will never be able to rebrand and be anything other than a pyramid. That's exactly right. So it, it will always be an artifact of mm-hmm. that era. So will Excalibur right next door. Yeah. And boy, oh boy, that's a nice piece of real estate. You it mow is. both of those down, you can build one hell of a mega resort and just print money. That's right. So I think those are probably the two most vulnerable. Um, I think Tropicana is as yeah. well is is very vulnerable because um, I think it's such a prime real estate as well but it also isn't um, as close to so many other hotels I mean it has the space to sort of expand towards the airport somewhat it does. I mean there's a there's a church over there but you, that church has it. been moved a million times. Yes. Well, actually, the little there's two churches. Little Church of the West. Yeah. The Little Church of the West has been moved a million times. The other church, eh, well, uh, yeah. yeah, but it's 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 definitely vulnerable. Um, Tropicana hasn't been hasn't been special in a long time. Yeah, I, I, yeah. It's I know they have a really nice uh, what is it called uh, stained glass. Yeah, the casino, which is Beautiful. quite nice. Very. A very uh, like turn of the century, if you will, sort of like Main Street Station. I don't know if you've been in Main Street. Oh yeah, maybe. Main Street Station is a hidden gem. If yeah, uh, if you like history, not necessarily Vegas history, just yeah. history in general, mm-hmm. stop by Main Street Station. Yeah, they have the stained glass. They have wrought iron all around, which is Berlin nice. Wall. The, the Berlin Wall in the men's room, very nice. Yeah, really small bathroom, by the way. Only buffet left downtown. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. No more buffets downtown that I can think of. Buffet, the buffet era is over. I yeah. miss the buffets. Yeah, I think that's another thing we should tell people: buffets. Are, are out, essentially. Yeah, they're gone. Yeah, there's, there's not that many anymore. A, 
pre-COVID, I, I would go to the station buffets a lot. It was a great deal. 15 bucks. And which one was the best? Of all the station buffets, which one I, I liked most? Palace Station. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, Red Rock is a little too bougie for me. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm wearing clothes that I bought at Walmart. That's just not my scene. <laughs> um, yeah, Palace Station, those, those are my people. Those are cab drivers and valet attendants and just regular folks that just wanted a bargain. Yeah. And I got to um, say, I walked in there the other day by accident because I needed to get to I wanted, I wanted Panda Express oh. uh, and that was the closest one to downtown where I didn't have to walk super far because okay. accessibility <laughs> yeah and um, uh, I walked in there I was like is this Palace Station? it's beautiful like, this place is really nice it's clean it's beautiful they have, yeah. a, they have that uh, tailgate bar which is a really nice bar sports bar kind of thing they have a, a, a movie theater on the inside yeah it's, it's nice in there now, and, and shout out to Station Casinos for keeping that and renovating it because that's where it all began that mm-hmm. is Bingo Station I think oh, is what yeah. it was oh, that, that's where it, it all started Bingo is um, much harder than, than I thought Bingo is scary. Yeah, I, yeah. Those old ladies, they they can work a dauber faster than you can, can blink. They they know what they're up to. I've done it once, and that was enough for me. Just the one time at Bingo. I will challenge you anytime. Yeah. Let's go. So so you think Tropicana's going? Yeah. Um. I oh no, you think Luxor's going? You I said think Luxor, Luxor Excalibur, yeah. and Tropicana. Yeah. Those are my those are my three. I would say. I would say Tropicana just because of the news of the A's trying to. Put something there. Yeah, I don't see it happening. But other than that specific news, I would say Circus Circus. I think Circus Circus like really needs to go. Um, but I think what makes it the most money is that it's super affordable. It's it like, is. It's like under like fifty dollars to stay there. It's it's the last one. It's yeah. the last place where if you're coming to Vegas and you want to get a room for twenty thirty bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, and even then, that's only on the surface. That's not including resort fees. Exactly. But, you know, okay, so maybe 80 bucks, And, and you can still get a room on the Las Vegas Strip. Good luck finding that anywhere else. It, it's oh, yeah. the best not bargain in town. Yeah. Is it, is it safe? Is it clean? Uh, arguable. <laughs> Extremely um, good questions to ask. I, I wouldn't personally stay there. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, hey, if you have kids, too, that's... That's one of the few places left where you can bring children and they can enjoy a Vegas vacation as well. I think the one of the original, the ones from the 40s or 50s, um, that's going to be here really the longest has to be Flamingo. I think it's yeah. lo- I think it's location. Um, it's seeped in sort of the history of Las Vegas, even even sort of amateur history buffs know oh, who yeah. Bugsy Siegel is. Everybody knows Bugsy. Yeah, and I think it's location just makes it so hard to to tear down. And it's, I mean, Flamingo is very, you can use Flamingo for the rest of time, really. Yeah, it, it, it's just, it's it's part of the Vegas skyline as much as the stratosphere. Yeah. Or, or even the Luxor. Like, Vegas would not look the same yeah. if we lost any of those things. When we were talking about it, I thought the same thing. I was like, when you see pictures of the Strip or, you know, logos of the Strip, you mm-hmm. always see a pyramid. And it's really hard to just implode it. Because it's so popular, it, it is. But it's it's not the best property anymore. It's just it's just dated. And Vegas is always reinventing itself. It's always becoming something new. Yeah, that's this true. is not the same city that it was before the pandemic. It's completely and totally different. Very much so. Um, and and Luxor remains the same. Yeah, it's just a constant. And I think one of the ways that you can see that Vegas is not the same after the pandemic uh, that just besides the buffet thing is like the minimums for tables. You used to be oh, able yeah. to find. $10 tables downtown, at least, like mm-hmm. Golden Nugget, that kind of thing. Uh, Flamingo, Harrah's, everywhere you go now, $15 minimum for anything. And then if you go to Cosmopolitan, Caesars, or Bellagio uh, with a win, you're looking at 25 or more. 
yeah. easy. Yeah, so it's it's hard to gamble now. Yeah, that's just not accessible for a lot of people. Oh no, not at all. Um, and especially with inflation and everything else getting so much expensive yeah. and and all of that nonsense. Um, it, it's hard to to set aside a couple of grand for a weekend in Vegas. It is. It, it's just it's not attainable for most people, and I think that's the biggest tragedy of our current era. But I also get it. These casinos lost probably millions of dollars per day through the entire pandemic, if not more. That's a lot of money that just didn't pour into Nevada. So they're going to try to get that back in any way they can. How are they going to do it? Well, sorry, your room's $300. You're paying for parking now. I I saw some ridiculous thing the other day from uh, a local guy who tweets a lot about Vegas. So I'll keep his name out of it. No free plugs. (laughs) Thank you, Ryan. Um, But uh, they were showing the cost of renting a suite at Caesars during F1. Oh, yeah. (laughs) I've I've seen those as well. It was more than a new Mercedes. Yeah. It's crazy. I think there were over 50,000, 60,000 for the um, packages. The Rio, for God's sakes. And add that one to the list. Implode it. Okay. I go back. I go back at what I said. See, this this is the thing. I totally forgot about the Rio. Everyone else did too. Yeah, yeah. so I, that one's next. That yeah. one's next. It, it should it should be gone. And years ago, that was the original rumor. We're going to tear down the Rio and we're going to build a stadium for the Oakland A's. Yeah. Perfect location. Right on the freeway, just a little bit off strip. Plenty of land for parking. You can see the strip from there. You can see it. Put it there, you know. Um, but the Rio. Yeah, the Rio's on a short list yeah. of... It's just over. Mm-hmm. The Rio's awful. Easy to implode. I'm, I'm thinking construction. You, you implode it. You're not impeding too much traffic. Yeah, but... Not an eyesore. My God, did it have some cool history. It did. I, I remember I did see the uh, floating uh, parade yeah. the one time. Uh, the, uh, the Mardi Gras parade. That yeah. Float. Oh, my goodness. That Catching was cool. Catching beads, and you could pay them like 20 bucks, and you could ride on the little car across the yeah. ceiling. And uh, anybody who was in Vegas back then in the 90s, if you went to the Rio Buffet... Oh yeah, it there, was, it there was, was it. there was nothing that could even touch it. Yeah, it, it was, was the best one, hands down, the best buffet I've ever had. Mm-hmm. Whenever any, whenever anybody would say, "What is the best buffet in Vegas?" It was easy. Yeah, it was always real. Yep, it was the uh, Grand Carnival buffet. Yeah, Carnival buffet. Carnival buffet. The and then go. they had the side buffet next to it, which was the seafood, yeah. and I think it was like thirty dollars and mm-hmm. unlimited lobster tails. Yes, I remember when I was at Valet, me and a couple of guys had a contest. It was like five of us, like. Whoever eats the most lobster tails yeah. doesn't have to pay. Yeah. And I yeah. think I got down like 30 of them and puked. And yeah. uh, what, what, what a time for Vegas. It no, because I remember it was, it was like, oh, there's such a good buffet that they have two of them. Yeah. That was the thing. But I think, yeah, I think Rio is the next one for sure. Yeah, Rio's, Rio's bad. Um, but they increased their room rates by 700%. So you can stay in a very old, very outdated, kind of stinky hotel room for thousands and thousands of dollars. And for you can't F1. even see the street. You can't even see the street. You see they blocked off. They put like some sort of laminate on the bridges so you can't see the strip. Oh, yeah, I did see that. Oh I God. did see that. They're like, Such nope. Greed. They're like, you're not standing here You're at not going to see no. our fancy fast cars. That's right. So, all right, guys. So we're going to take a little break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about talk to Ryan about his time as a, a valet supervisor. Sure. Because that was, as Lefty Rosenthal said, that is the best job on the strip. Mm. So we'll be right back. And we're going to talk more with Ryan. Cheers. All right, and we're back, everybody. We are here with Ryan Hunter, Yay. who's going to be um, giving us his experience as a valet supervisor. And before you're a supervisor, you're obviously a regular valet. I was, yeah. So that's one of the more interesting roles, because I know as a supervisor, you don't get to do a lot of the hands-on things, but you hear a lot of the stories, of yeah. course. So we'll talk about how you became a valet. I, I had a buddy. A um, buddy of mine was parking cars. Um, he was just an attendant there, and I needed a job. 
Um, at the time, I was kind of chubby, and I didn't think that I could handle it, um, but got the job anyway. He forced me in um, the money. My God, the money right right from the start. I started there probably around 2000. Yeah. So I was 19 years old, not even old enough to gamble. And I think at the time they were paying me 15 bucks an hour. Mm-hmm. And on a slow day, I was taking home two to 300 day, a day in cash. That's crazy. Yeah. And then you just times it by how many days you worked. Yeah. I mean, I was full time. So I was making six grand a month in tips. Wow. Conservatively. The valet parking job was such a moneymaker, they had to pay off the hotel manager just to get the concession. Um, and that's why that's why people get their degrees and they just continue valet parking. Yeah, yeah. In fact, uh, one of actually two or three of the people that I worked with back then are still there to this day. Yeah. Now it's it's not the money gig that it was. No, not at not all. Not even close. It'll never have that same magic. Um, but back then, my God, yeah. it was it was insane. I was in my late teens, early twenties, making that kind of money, just some dumb kid from Palmdale, California getting paid to drive around in Ferraris, taking home giant, like, six-inch-tall stacks of singles every day. It was it was magic, Brian. Yeah. It was absolutely magic. Because wasn't it just fantastic? It's also just a feeling. Like, I remember when I would valet park my car, because I had been coming to Vegas with my parents for a long time, mm. that, and you have to pay for parking now, but back in the day, it was complimentary, and you just drive up, here's, your, here's yeah. two bucks for the keys, and then when I came back around, here's a five, that kind of thing. Yeah. But... It's it's really hard to do that anymore. I mean, it's I mean, it's still tip if you do do it. Always but, tip. Yeah. The thing is, is like I'll tip you like on the way out mm. rather than coming Why? in. Why only on the way out? So it depends. So this is the thing. If I'm really trying to be impressive, I'll give you money at the beginning. I'll do like a twenty at yeah. the beginning. Yeah. And then maybe they'll park it in the front. I bet your car gets there a hell of a lot faster oh, when you give them twenty on the way back. On the way in, yeah. does. But that's actually a good a good tip. This is a pro tip. Pro tip. Yeah. Pro tip. That. <laughs> If you, this is the thing. So back in the day, if it was busy when it was complimentary, it was always busy at the valet. Yeah. So I would pull up and they say, "Oh, well, we're full." And then I would, I would take out like a ten or a twenty, depending on the joint. And they'd be like, "Oh, can can you find a space for it?" Oh yeah, I'll, I'll find yeah. a spot for it. It was fantastic. Oh, yeah. yeah, and people would get in competitions. I remember in the in the main driveway, and I was rarely down there, but you would go down there and you'd see all these cars parked right up front. And it's Bentleys and Ferraris and Lamborghinis and all these fancy sports cars and luxury cars and, and some other rich guy would come in and be like, well, why would that, what that guy up there give you? Mm-hmm. Well, well, sir, I shouldn't tell you, but he gave me $200 <laughs> and you know, he might've given me 50 bucks. Like, Oh, okay, well put mine in front of his, here's 300. Wow. Like, awesome. Great. Sure. We'll do that. Let's do it. Um, although I, I will say this, if, uh, if, if the guy parking your car, when you arrive, isn't getting tipped, why would he take care of your car? Ooh. Yeah. Why, why would he give you good service? I got stiffed on the way in. You tip them both ways. Mm. Um, but now with pain, I think a lot less people are going to do that. Yeah, I think but, that's... Um, I'll say this, Brian. I would, under no circumstances, ever, ever, at all, valet park my car. Really? So, explain why. You've told me this before. And I, I usually trust them. But, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I take all the valuables that I need to take that As I'm you should. remember. Yeah. Well, um, first of all, read the back of the ticket. They're responsible for pretty much absolutely nothing. Um, what happens when you give a 19, 20-year-old kid the keys to your brand new stick shift Corvette? Oh, they're going to take it and park it, right? They're gonna, of course they're going to just gently drive it, knock it above five. Get it. No. No. So they're doing burnouts and donuts in the valet garage <laughs> if they can get away with it. Um, I saw a guy uh, roll a Corvette. That's why I, I said Corvette. Um, trying to get up the hill to go to the valet garage in the back. 
did something and the car was on its side. Um, oh, God. The other factor is, is what's in your car. Um, now, again, it's been a long time and things may have changed, right. but, and I'm going to, I'm going to talk about some not so safe for work stuff here. Um, imagine, imagine you're having a weekend in Vegas with the boys and, and you want to do a little, I don't know, um, illicit party favors. There you go. Okay. Um, we'll say it like that. Very 1980s. Yeah. So now you have, Starface. you have a baggie. Yes, exactly. Let's, yeah. let's go with that one. So say you have a baggie of these illicit party favors sitting in your console. You might've spent a couple hundred dollars on this. Well, the valet attendant sees it and he's going to put it in his pocket because what are you going to do? What are Ooh. you really going to do? Okay. Yeah. Hey, my stuff's missing. Yeah. I didn't see it. Yeah. I well, was going to say, you just, oh, I, I, I forgot about it. But you're just saying, oh, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to call the police and say, hey, I had this horribly illegal substance and there's enough of it to give me a felony <laughs> um, and somebody stole it from me? What are you going to do? Right. You're going to do nothing. And at the time, things that are legal here now were illegal in right. Nevada. Mm-hmm. And that's everybody. You know, just because it's legal now, trust me, we did lots of that back yeah, in the back in the sure. day and the generations. And before. it was much harder to get back in the day. It was oh, much yeah. more of an ex- like I'm, I'm gonna say it's like an experience, but it was much more of a oh, I gotta go to like a yeah. city part of town. You gotta find a guy. There was there was none of that, and you couldn't exactly bring it on an airplane or something. Yeah. So if you found it in Vegas, you might have been lucky. Yeah. You had to find the right guy. Well, if that's sitting in the car and the valet attendant sees it, again, what are you gonna do? Mm-hmm. So stuff like that would get taken. Um, there was a guy on staff. Would anybody try to set you up on doing that, though? Maybe. I mean, I, even if they did, again, what are you going to do? <laughs> right. You know, like, come at me. Like, I didn't take it. Yes, you did. Well, call the police. Do it. It's never trust Ryan, a valet attendant. you street smarts. You just know shit. I, I, I don't know about that. I've just <laughs> been here for a long time. Yeah. Um, and, and then there's other factors, too. Like, what if you have a really nice car and you get a door ding in the garage? Now, the back of the ticket likely says that once you drive off of the driveway, mm-hmm. sorry. Yeah. Um, so we had this guy on staff, and he was pretty good with body work. Like, there was markers involved, and he had a little paint kit. Oh, my God, we chipped the door of that Ferrari. Well, cool. It's black. I got black paint. Paint it up. You drive off. You come back the day later, hey, you dented and scratched my $100,000 sports car. Well, you drove it home, and yeah. you had been drinking. Prove it. Exactly. What are you going to do? What are you going to do once it's already there? So, so I would never valet. So going back to parking like expensive cars. Hmm. So I always thought it was like, oh, you have a Lamborghini. It's going to go in the front no matter what. No. Are, do you? Is it one of those things where it's expected if you pull up in a Ferrari that they tip you a certain amount to get it in the front? My instinct was always, hey, there's a guy in a rented Ferrari. Um, okay. So the first thing I would do is I'm, I'm looking at the car. Is it beat up? Is the steering wheel all chewed up? Do people actually care about this car? If you have a $100,000, $200,000 car, chances are you're going to baby that thing. You mm-hmm. probably worked your butt off for it. But if it's got dents and scratches and it's a little dirty and hasn't been vacuumed properly, hey, you're some putz who spent 300 bucks to rent this thing for the day. No, I'm sending you to the garage. Give me money. Right now, up front, as you come in, or you're going to the garage with the Hyundais. And that's that's it. Yeah, because I always thought it was funny when... Because um, I, I, mean, I think I would give, like, maybe... I think I already said, kind of, I would usually give, like, two, maybe $5 when I first started parking valet. Mm-hmm. And then as I started doing it more frequently, it was, you know, I'd give them five on the way in, five on the way out. It's yeah, 10 bucks. that's, that's it's fine. fine. And it feels... It feels fine that way. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I would give them, like, a 10. And then one time, I think I was with my mom, and we, they actually parked my truck in the front at... 
the Paris Hotel. Very cool. So that was a fun. That was a fun experience. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's. I was like, why would they park my car out here? But it's like, oh, because I, I guess because you tipped them on the way in. Yeah. yeah, that that's the reward. You don't have to wait. Um, mm-hmm. Man, people would get angry when they when they had to wait. I, I had people physically assault me yeah. at valet. I was that was one of the things that people didn't realize. I had a guy spit in my face. Oh God! Because it took like ten minutes to get his car after Celine let out. <laughs> like, bro. If what you would have just given me twenty bucks, security wouldn't be tackling your ass right now for right. spitting in my face. Just, just do the right thing. It's Vegas. We work off of tips. Yeah. So, um, so dealing with VIPs, how was that? So you were. Oh, that was cool. Yeah, because you were in an area that's it's the closest valet to the Coliseum for the most part, relatively. Yeah, it's very um, close. And it's also like sometimes less busy than the main drive at, at uh, yeah, Caesars. Yeah. Um, at the time, you had to have like a private card to get in. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I got to know some some really big people. Um, there was also private parking back there. So, like, man, I can't tell you how many times Wolfgang, Wolfgang Puck, would yeah. just come up to me and be like, hey, Ryan, what, what do you want for lunch today? Oh, you know, I'd, I'd love a burger, Wolfgang. Thank you. And he would have a Spago's waiter just walk it out to me at the VIP booth. Um, and for those of you unaware, Spago used to be right at the top of those Because esca- there's escalators that go into the mall. Yeah, but once you fountain. get there, Spago's right there. It so, was, yeah. So yes, I'm validating his story that he there was a there was a Spago yeah there, there there was a Spago. It's been gone for a long time, yeah, but Wolfgang, very nice guy. He had a, a pastry chef named Christoph, oh, and nice. um, I'm not going to try to do his accent. On the rare chance he hears this, hello, Christoph, I remember you. <laughs> um, and he would come out at the end of the night, and just be like, oh, here's a box of pastries that I made. Take these home to your family, like amazing stuff. I got to know the GM of Cheesecake Factory, and same mm-hmm. thing. Like they would let that guy park back there sometimes, and just like, oh, what do you want? We'll send it out. Yeah. Um, would you say that you were kind of like the keys of the, of, I, I always say concierge is like the keys of the hotel, but I think Valley Parkers, especially back in the day, especially when you were working, just held so much power. I feel like, um, yeah, I, I but I think concierge are, are equal to that. I think concierge, even the front desk people, everybody, mm-hmm. everybody's part of that experience. Yeah. My job was to make these people feel as special as possible. Yeah. Um, and when they're all VIPs, you know, you, you treat them all the same. Everybody was up front back there. It was invited yeah. guests only. Um, yeah, man, it, that, we were equal. Yeah. We were equal. I think, I think people think, because uh, I think front desk agents have a lot of, we all say we have a lot of power, but I think we all, all it's compartmentalized. Yeah. So I think this is a thing that everybody should sort of understand is that as a hotel, everybody's a team. So I think the days of like the 1950s and 60s, as we were talking about, oh, one person is in charge of everything. It's really hard to do that now with a hotel like where I worked at MGM Grand of 5,000 rooms. Yeah. People would come up to the desk and be like, oh, I want my room keys. Print my room keys now. It's like they, they don't let us print your room keys. You have to go to the front desk to do that. Yeah. And then nobody likes to hear that. And I think yeah. that's it's really tough. Tough for that. No, I would agree with that. I would agree. Um, but valet was, at least at the time, was an essential piece of it. Yeah. Um, You're the first person that meets people. You are. You're. You're the first point of contact. That's. Yeah. A, that's an excellent point. Yeah. Um, and you guys used to work for the hotels or for the the forum shops or yeah. what have you. Nowadays, <laughs> most hotels they're they contract out their valets. Yeah, they do. Um, in fact, I I was one of them. I was one of the early ones. Um, the couple of different companies were contracted to handle the forum shops. I didn't yeah. technically work for Caesars, but we did parking for Caesars. Because mm-hmm. um, I think at that days you had the mentality. Yeah, but every guest was the most important person in the world, no matter what. And you could make or break somebody's vacation. Mm-hmm. If you give them a hard time when they're coming in, well, you already put a tarnish on, on the whole experience. So, of course, I'm going to get the door for your girlfriend or your wife. Of mm-hmm. course, I'm going to handle your bags. Of course, you're sir and ma'am. And 
you know, we, we went out of our way to be as respectful to them as possible because we didn't want to lose that very lucrative contract with Caesars. Right, exactly. And I mean, there, I remember, I remember one time I was going to Caesars and this is a kind of a knock on the, uh, the, the, the tier system for the cards and the players mm. cards and stuff. And this is specifically with Caesars. I was at Planet Hollywood. I pulled in kind of a busy night and they said, Oh, we're only dealing with five star and, and platinum members. And it's like, yeah. Like, what am I supposed to do now? Like, you like, now I don't even want to go in the hotel. Yeah, and think about the message that sends. Like, what if you're on a date? What if you have a lady with you or something? And, oh, well, Brian, you're not, you're not good enough. Yeah. You're not special enough to use mm-hmm. this service. It's only for them. It's, it's, that's not what Vegas is supposed to be. It's supposed to be glamour and excitement and fun for all, yeah. for everybody, not just the guy with the most money. And we've lost that. That yeah, part's I think, gone. I think, I think you're right. That's the, I think that's the number one overarching thing that has kind of ruined Vegas. And I'm a very positive person about Vegas when yeah. I speak about it. But I think that's the one thing that I really don't like about Vegas is it's gone to this whole tier system of, oh, well, you're at this tier, so this is what you get. You're not quite here yet, mm-hmm. so you don't get this. And we had a lot of that at the desk because some people would get like, a, a, this is a very like first world problems thing, but some people would be able to get like a limo or get a ride to and from the airport in terms of like the um, the hotels uh, limos and complimentary and yeah like that's a next level thing. But there's certain things where it's like oh yeah I want to be able to just you know give you this discount or give you this. But yeah, but I think a lot of it the tier system it's it makes it makes host jobs almost irrelevant because they don't have to do the sort of personal the person of uh, the uh, interpersonal skills that they used to have. Yeah, I would agree with that. I, I don't like them, but I, I understand why they do them. They want to track players. They want to know who's spending the most money. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's much, uh, much better for who gets the comps, but doesn't everyone deserve a little bit of comp? Isn't that what yeah. Vegas is supposed to be? Yeah. And we'll, we'll, we'll keep this to parking in particular. Like I, cause they started charging for parking mm-hmm. around the same time I started being, uh, started concierging, but 2017, yeah. 2016, they kind of, kind of started introducing it. And, I don't think it was right that if you're staying at the hotel, like you're staying at MGM Grand, for example, that you have to pay for parking. If you want, include it into the resort fee. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think um, I think one of the things that they messed up a lot was charging for valet as well. If you're yeah. going to charge people to just park in the garage, which, by the way, is awful. Yeah. Um, shouldn't do that at all, especially if you're staying there. Oh, yeah. Um, especially, valet, for lo- especially for locals. Yeah, come on now. Valet should should have been complimentary. Mm-hmm. What, what that ended up doing... And, and I'll, I'll never see it any other way. These casinos took the money from the valet attendants for themselves. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right, Ryan. That's it, exactly it, right. That's what they did. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it's not right. No. Um, I, I, I also think that just people are tipping less yeah. now. I think tipping is kind of taboo among maybe a younger generation. I don't know why. Because yeah. um, a lot of them don't carry cash. That's the thing. We know a guy. That's a Damn I, good point. And I talked to him. He's like, oh, I never I never carry cash on me. Yeah. And yeah. I'm like, and I'm just like. <laughs> I heard the accent slip. <laughs> and I'm just like, dude, how do you never carry cash? And I think because I gamble, and he's not a big gambler, and it's still a cash business a lot of yeah. places. But a lot of young people don't carry cash. And I think they that's just an oblivious thing that they don't think of when they visit. Is it's yeah. cash business. Yeah, for anybody out there that's listening that's coming to Vegas, carry cash. Yeah. And, and whether you agree with tipping or not, understand that most of the people here that you're going to interact with depend on those tips to pay their bills whether it's right or wrong whether they should get a living wage or not that's not the situation that's not what we have right now maybe it'll change in the future maybe it'll go a different direction but for now for today that bartender that valet attendant even that front desk or concierge 
a lot of them are counting on your gratuities yeah. to feed their families. Yeah. And I would say, so as a concierge, we, we were actually on, I would say, the higher end of the front-facing jobs in terms of mm-hmm. our, um, our uh, that's what I'm looking for. Uh, that's what I'm looking for. Mm. Our payment, our... Um, compensation, Compensation. Maybe? There yeah. you go. Thank yeah. you. That's the word. But if they're there working the service with you, kind of going through your vacation, setting things up, I would spend like 45 minutes with somebody just explaining what you can do in town yeah. and really tailor it to them. Um, but if they're doing a good job, I think it's it's well rewarded to tip them. You know, give them five bucks. I think people think they have to tip a lot of money. If you give somebody five bucks for like a simple interaction like that... yeah. It's, it makes our day. You can buy coffee. You can buy lunch, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It does make your day. Did you ever get even with somebody? Uh, did I ever get even with somebody? No. I was always very nice. I, I would sometimes, though, like maybe like, no, we can't do that. Like I, I remember a couple of times where somebody might have stiffed me at valet and then asked me for directions. And like, oh, here's my chance. Yeah. You just, <laughs> you know, you go up over here. Oh, I'm so sorry. I sent you to North Las Vegas. What are, they, what are you doing on Owens? I'm sorry. You yeah. Know? Oh man, um, I, you know. I, I do have I do have one where I, I did stiff somebody one time and I oh, felt man. bad. Yeah, so I, I'll, but I will I will give it context. So I tipped. This is at the Cosmopolitan. I remember I tipped on the way coming in. I gave him like five bucks mm. and I went to gamble. So then I gambled and I lost and I didn't. I think I had like zero dollars left. I think wow. I did actually have like zero dollars left, like cash, and I wasn't gonna use the ATM. Yeah. Tomorrow. So as I'm leaving, this is the person getting even with me. They bring up my car. I take the ticket. And like not clicking in my head, as the guy as the guy gives me the keys and walks around. Thanks for using Cosmo- Cosmopolitan free parking. Oh, Ooh, it was bad. Oh. I, fe- I felt so bad. And then, so that at the moment I was like, oh, like screw you, dude. And then I was like, oh yeah, that probably wasn't very nice because I think I wasn't working in hospitality at the time. So yeah, mm. that was on me. That was my bad. But uh, yeah. I'm, I, a, I'm a bad person. I've been stiffed by famous yeah. people. Have you ever been stiffed by a celebrity? Uh, have I ever been stiffed by a celebrity? No, because I've always been, I've never worked with a celebrity directly in mm. terms of like doing something for him. I've always given him directions to the bathroom, though. The one time, though, I couldn't do something, but I was ready to, was I was helping this guy who worked for the Food Network. Okay. And uh, he's like, it was like two minutes before we closed. And I was, he's like, is there somebody you could send up to my room to give me a massage kind of deal? Mm. And uh, I was like, oh, our spa closes at this time, but Might I have been code. Maybe yeah. no, he was he, he's Italian. Okay, yeah, but <laughs> I don't know how that makes a difference, but, but okay. <laughs> but um, I was like, I can call for somebody. He's like, no, it's actually okay. But I yeah. was I was ready to give that service. But uh, have you been stiffed by a celebrity? Oh yeah, Floyd Mayweather. You know yeah. what? I so I think it, I think I've heard it depends on what mood he's in because I've yeah. also heard he's a really good tipper and I've also heard this story as well. I, I have been stiffed by Floyd Mayweather and I have been tipped by Floyd Mayweather like a week's wages. At two different jobs, um, yeah, yeah. He uh, he stiffed me once and was he thought it was kind of funny. I think oh, like geez. he was just in a bad mood. Mm-hmm. There was um, for a very short time there was a nightclub inside the forum shops and in, in that era probably around two thousand four. Mm-hmm. It was called OPM. Um, it was right across from the FAO Schwartz Toy Store that's also okay. gone. Yeah, um, and he had a night in there and I parked his Ferrari and all of his entourage and he gave me nothing. Oh, However, the other attendant that was standing there. And I think he did it just because he thought it was funny. He gave that kid a hundred dollar bill, and he did nothing. Yeah. And um, but then years later, dealt with him again, and I think he tipped me. It was either a five hundred or a thousand dollar poker chip. Wow. Um, so I, I have no beef with Floyd, mm-hmm. and he could very easily beat my ass. That's true. Um, I mean, you so, got a couple, in, but you got a couple inches on him. I think. Yeah. I, I and maybe a hundred pounds, but that's not going to help me <laughs> at all. Um, and then the other one, and 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 God rest his soul. 
Um, I back to VIP valet. Robin Leach used oh, Robin. to drive. He had this. Welcome beat up, everyone. Oh yeah, the lifestyles are rich and famous. <laughs> um, had this beat up old Lincoln Town Car. I'll, I'll never forget him. It was a navy blue Town Car. And he came out, I think he probably had dinner at Spago, and like he's doing that whole like patting himself down, like, oh, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm so sorry, buddy. Mm-hmm. And he tells me, he says, you know what, I'm going to come back in a couple of days and I'll tip you. And like, okay, Mr. Leach, you know, no worries. Sure, just fine. honestly, it's just cool to, to see this guy in person. Right. And, and sure enough, a couple days later, here comes Robin Leach in his old beat up Lincoln Town car. He's like, oh, good, you're here. And he hands me an envelope, had a $100 bill in it. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, so he, really he nice. came through. So for a couple of days, I was salty with Robin Leach. But um, now I'm glad they named a street after him in Las Vegas. Good where, man. Where is it, by the way? It's not far from downtown. Um, the Smith Center, like right around oh, there. Okay, that's yeah. Robin Leach Way or Robin Leach Drive or something. Yeah, yeah, but I didn't know that he lived here for a while. He did. He was um, he was one of the older celebrities that I got mm-hmm. to deal with a lot. The other one I dealt with all the time, and I was on a first-name basis with, Another one that's no longer with us is Tony Curtis. Tony Curtis, yeah. Tony Curtis. And he used to come in with his daughter every now and then. But most of the time, it was just him in a bright yellow, beautiful, uh, I think it was a Pontiac Trans Am Ram Air. This was a badass car in the era. And he would roll up. And I remember the first time I met him, just like, Mr. Curtis, it's such an honor to meet you. And I I loved your movies. And he's like, wait, how old are you? And I'm like, I'm 20, sir. How do you know about me? Like, how do you know any? The nicest guy ever. He He was a gem. Yeah, I've never had a bad, um, a bad vi. I've never had a bad uh, celebrity encounter, which is mm. nice. So I've I've had I've had a couple celebrity encounters, but never a really bad one. Like never. One, I did. I, this is when I remembered I was when you were coming over. I'm like, I'm gonna talk about this one. Yeah, give it to me. So uh, uh, there's this guy. His name's Sean Merriman. He was uh, he's a football player, uh, San Diego Chargers. Yes, and he was here for a fight. And I believe Showtime was putting it on. I don't know. I remember that, but really busy night. By the way, fight nights very hectic for hotel employees. Yeah, I, I hate them. I like my dad would always say, "Oh, it's fight night. Are you excited?" I'm like, "No, no. I I really don't want to be working, especially if it's a certain there's certain like groups that you're like these are really intense people, and um, it was tough. But anyway, so. He walks up. He says, oh, where are my tickets at? And he has, you know, a model on his arm. He's like, yeah. where are they at? He's a little bit tipsy, all, the whole business. And I was like, I don't have your tickets here, dude. Like, Because yeah. the thing is, is they're comp tickets. They usually don't give them to us. They're at the, the, the desk. Yeah. Or they're at the uh, box office. So I, I did the whole, like, I put two phones on. I had one phone in one ear. <laughs> I took another phone and put it in the other. He's like, oh, that's not, I like that. And I'm like, I don't, I'm, just, yeah. I'm not doing anything like right now. So then I called. The box office said they have the tickets, so just to sort of make it look cool, I said, you know what? I'll take you to the box office where they're going to have your tickets. Yeah. Right in front of the, it's right in front of the MGM Grand Garden. I'll take you there. Yeah. So took him there, did the whole bit, uh, fifty bucks. So hey, it wasn't bad. I mean, not bad. Fifty dollars is a hell of a tip, even yeah, today. Yeah, yeah, that's that's quite a lot. So I was talking about this on an, on another pod that. Really, twenty bucks is actually can get you some things. Like especially in the beginning, it depends on what it is for sure. Yeah. Like if you want like a better view, depending on how busy it is, depending on you know the occupancy. Yeah, yeah, they might give you like a better floor. They might give you a better view. Maybe not like a suite, but they'll but be you, able. To you might them. get an upgrade. Yeah, <clears throat> for sure. You might. Yeah, but I always tell people you have to do it before you ask. I think are like as you're asking because if you do it, if you don't give them it before. It's always kind of up in the air. Yeah. I, I also think when celebrities hit a certain level, there's no expectation of getting a tip from them. Right. Um, 
I think the biggest celebrity I ever encountered and ever like got to talk to was Michael Jackson. Oh yeah. He would go on these insane spending sprees mm-hmm. in the forum shops, like drop a million dollars. Yeah. But he never tipped me. But I got an autograph from him. I have a picture with Michael Jackson. I sat in his limo. Mm-hmm. Like I've shaken the man's hand. That to me that's that's a bigger gift. And I right. think he was aware of that or or he was just at a certain level where Giving this kid twenty bucks was not even on his radar. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's. They they, they forget about it. Yeah, but I, yeah, but that, I think it's cool that they did that though. You never told me about that. Yeah, um, I, I I remember my boss telling me very specifically because we had um there was there was doors that weren't part of L A. This mm-hmm. is like a, a side like alleyway behind the forum shops, and that's where we hid his car. And it was it had a little side hallway that would come out right by Virgin Megastore. Mm-hmm. And I knew Michael was going to be in there for hours. Yeah. And my job that day was sit there and watch his limo. Keep the air conditioning on. Oh, just be God. ready to go. Yeah. Do not leave. Do not speak. Do not make eye contact. Like, huh. I got a Sharpie on me. Virgin Megastore is right there. Ran inside, grabbed a copy of Thriller. Like, I'm going to get away with this. And as soon as he came out, Mr. Jackson, sir, is there any chance you would be willing to sign this? Absolutely, I'd love to sign it for you. So nice to meet you. How are you? Where are you from? He talked to me for like 15 minutes. Oh, awesome. Was, it was like interacting with a child. Wow. That's what he was. He was a very sweet, sincere child. Right. Um, came off like a, I don't know, like a shy nine-year-old. Yeah. Is, is how I would describe yeah. him. But but got his autograph. That's sweet. Um but then you you won't forget that though. No, I'll never forget that. I, I have it framed in my house right mm-hmm. now, and it's it's a great story to tell, and I have a picture to go along with it. Like, here's a skinny young version of me with yeah. the biggest celebrity in the world. And a big chain. I've seen you with your big chain. Yeah, yeah. Bling bling. Bling bling. So, yeah, Ryan. I think I'm, we're kind of just. Uh, I, think we, I think we're just talking about our tip stories and sort of yeah, like we're, the, the, the glory we're, days. But. Yeah. Um, I, I think we like to give sort of recommendations here. Okay. Because I think we're certainly going to have you on again. Because okay, I think yeah, we have way anytime. Too, way too many stories. I, I love um, doing this kind of stuff. I'm just having a chat with a buddy, so this is good. Yeah, sweet. So I know a place that I've never been to, but you really, really enjoy. Oh, I know where you're going. Yeah, so I want you to give us a little bit of a review of Din Tai Fung. Oh, Am my I God. Right? Yeah, Din Tai Fung. Yeah, so maybe I, just uh... explain what it is and... You know, well, well. First it. of all, I don't, I don't like going out into crowded places anymore. That's that's part of my past. But I will fight crowds and stand in line for Din Tai Fung. It, it's the best Asian food I think I've had in Las Vegas ever. Um, Which is saying a lot. Yeah, especially with my other half being half Asian, we eat a lot of Asian food, mm-hmm. and um, the cucumber salad. It, I don't know what they mix it with. Maybe like the tears of angels or something. <laughs> um, it, it's just amazing. Every dumpling was just delicious, and you bite into it, and the soup is just so good. That oh my god, the, the drinks, the, the 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 bar skills they have there are amazing. Yeah. It is. It's probably my favorite restaurant in Las Vegas. Yeah, because I've heard you talking about it a lot, and I really enjoy it. So, yeah. do they do the cart as well, or is it more? Is it they don't do the cart thing? Um, if memory the serves, they they brought it out on a cart. I believe oh, okay. they did in the little wood boxes and stuff, and oh, it's just sweet. it's yeah. perfect. So, are you like a, are you a steamed dumpling? Oh person yeah, or fried dumplings. I'll, I'll take all of them, but steamed is is top of the list. Yeah, it's like the way to go. Yeah. So would you would you say Din Tai Fung is good for like a <clears throat> like a celebration or sort of like, Hey, like I need a, a dinner out. Yeah. Is it an event? Beautiful or? setting too. Um, everything in city center is just, it's gorgeous. Aesthetically. Mm-hmm. It's all so pleasing. The, just the shape of the room is amazing. They have this, 
cute little like statue guy that I think is their their logo or their their mascot, <laughs> yeah. and like people are lining up to take Instagram pictures, and you're walking by this window where you see all these guys, and they're making all these dumplings by hand. The food is just second to none, and and honestly, for for what it is, a bargain. Um, for my partner and I, I think we got out of there for like 120 for the no two way. of us. No way, that's that's so good. Yeah, and that that and to me sounds crazy though. Yeah. 120 dollars for dinner, like that's insane. Right. But to me, absolutely worth it. For sure. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. Sorry, guys. So I I, I go to dinner alone because I'm, I'm single. You know how it is. <clears throat> but uh, come, so anytime, come to dinner with us. Thank you. I appreciate that. Anytime. So, but yeah. So like to me, so I usually think like 100 is sort of like that's the budget. Um, because I, I I drink quite a bit. Okay. Um, again, we I've said this on other pods. If you think twenty bucks is a lot for a drink in Vegas, mm. or if that's too too much, <clears throat> and you like mixed drinks, then you have to figure out what you get instead. Because most places in town it's between like sixteen and twenty two for like an old yeah, fashioned, and it's yeah. it's tough for sure. That's a little but, crazy to me. But. Yeah. But one twenty getting getting out of one one twenty for two people, but you share though. Yeah, and we I share. Think that's the thing. I think that's the key. I think people need to know that if you're going to eat high end in Las Vegas, many places now, unless it's a steakhouse, are really making stuff for you to share. And yeah. I think that's a way to get to a nice restaurant, but also, you know, on a budget. I want to get your take on a, on another restaurant. I'll just yeah. throw this out there. Probably my, for nostalgia purposes, mm-hmm. my favorite restaurant would be the Pepper Mill. Yeah, the Pepper Mill. Yeah. The, do you, do you I, so go? I've only gone for breakfast and lunch. I've actually, I, and, and then I've also been there late night after a club mm. and I had breakfast. Okay. So I think it's very nostalgic for sure. I always think uh, it's, it's terrible. I always think of uh, Showgirls when I think there or Casino. Yeah. Because they, they did film in the fire pit there, which was really yeah. cool. Yeah. That's where um, you first see Ginger. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then she says, I'll be, I'm going to go to the bathroom. And he gives yeah. her like 100 bucks. She hit a few games on the way back. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But that place, I think, is so much. I think that place is actually really fun just because the waitresses walk around and it feels like sort of like the 1980s as well yeah yeah um, i like it and i think for someone going to dinner solo being able to walk up and sit at the counter that's nice that that's also nice um it's a it's a bit pricey i think for a cafe but i mean i just said a hundred dollars is okay for dinner yeah but. yeah that's I, I just wanted your your views on yeah, it because i think it was like what i think it's like 16 bucks for breakfast it is but it's one of the last living pieces of old school las vegas yes and that corner specifically because that corner for the longest time was happening that was it that's where it was desert inn was stardust the riviera new, the riviera the frontier the new frontier uh yeah. the westward ho yeah and then they had uh that uh, there was another place that was there as well the la concha la concha no la concha yeah. it, which technically still kind of survives in a way right exactly at um, the neon museum exactly the the cool round building i wish i could remember the name of the architect he's a podcast yeah. all by himself yeah um but yeah, I think the guy. I don't think it's the same guy. Um, some guy designed like some of the stuff on in the inside of the win, and I think he had something to do with La Concha, but I forgot his name. Yeah. But anyways, uh, yeah, that area. It's sort of the last remaining remnants of that area. Do you think that's gonna survive in the next ten years? Which one, the Pepper Mill? Yeah, the Pepper Mill. Maybe. Um, I'd I'd like to hope so, but it's surrounded by a lot of openness. Right. And where there are parking lots and open space on the strip. Mm-hmm. That's money being wasted. Exactly. Um, which is, you know, like all these little lots that are here, they're, they're millions and millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. And the thing so, is, everyone's just developing them. They're just think, or they're thinking about it. Yeah. And, and I think we're going back into a development boom yet again. We will see what happens with the economy. Yeah. But to, um, to have been here through the crash in 08 and watch Fountain Blue stop construction. 
yes. changed names like 50 times. Mm-hmm. I don't know how many people bought it and sold it. Yeah. And now I drove by it the other day. I drove down the strip and it's it's happening. Really? There's lights on. They have like a valet area that they're building now. Okay. All of the, the crazy rap and stuff is gone. Mm-hmm. Um, there's renderings on the internet. It's, it's real. It's yeah. going to happen. That's amazing. It's amazing. So that's the new era of Vegas is coming. Yeah. And I think what's it going to look like, though? That's right. And I think it's going to, again, it's going to be very big buildings, very like downtown LA, like the new part of downtown Mm. LA with like the Ritz Carlton and those big, yeah, blossoming buildings. Something that can be very, it's very modern and can last for a very long time. No more castles or pyramids. Long time doesn't apply here, man. Um, Everything will change. It will. But we've imploded. I think I think the newest building ever imploded was uh, the Stardust might have been that one at the time. They had a, a beautiful tower. You're, yeah, you're right. The blue was, and red one. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the Harmon Tower too. That's another great story. Yeah, that's, but um, uh, Google yeah, that one. Kids. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. We'll talk about that when we talk about City Center because you said it earlier, and I wanted to like test you a little bit here. Do hmm. you know what used to be at the City Center? Holiday and Boardwalk. God, you got it. Yeah. And this guy's is why Ryan Hunter is the man. So. That's it for this pod, but I'm sure okay. we're going to have Ryan at some point again because yeah. I just love talking about Vegas with him. But hopefully you guys enjoyed today's episode and stay with us. You can follow us on ConcierzeConfidential underscore LV on Instagram or at Keys to Vegas on Twitter. And remember, this is Concierge Confidential. Cheers. Cheers.